Hey, it's Richie Barnett here. I'm a life coach, mentor, an ex-professional rugby league player, work for Sky Sports. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannato. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. It is now time to adapt in a fast-moving world. So listeners, thanks for joining us today on today's show. I have a guest here uh, with me. His name is Richie Barnett, and uh, Richie is a former professional rugby league footballer of the 90s and 2000s a New Zealand Rugby League representative playing in 27 tests and captaining the New Zealand team on 10 occasions during his career. And so Richie is somebody who is now no longer on the field. He is still very much involved in the sporting community, working on Sky Sports as a commentator and a New Zealand Rugby League test selector. He's also doing a whole lot of other things as well, where he mentors youth and prisoners who are facing strife and hardship in their lives by offering strategies on how to deal with emotional adversities and challenges that we all face. Richie, hey, thanks for joining us on the show today. Dennis, awesome to be on. I'm looking forward to the chat. A very interesting topic in terms of leadership and what's happening I guess in, in, in world that's affecting everyone really around the stress and how to manage stress and dealing with your own emotions and the pressure that's applied to um, each individual and how they handle it. It's a, a very interesting topic, mate. Yeah, great. Thank you. Hey, I um, just want to sort of um, ask you, I mean, I've shared a little bit about your background, but, you know, what, what else can you share about your background? Just tell us more. Yeah, so through my years as a sporting person, it was a real drive and, and a determined focus for me uh, to become a professional league player or a rugby player or sports person. It was it was a real drive and a vision that I had. So, you know, after succeeding in that at respect, it brought me great joy to know that I had a, a vision that was implemented along the way. It was actually quite structured, you know, and, and I didn't realise how structured and how I implemented my vision at a young age. It was quite interesting. You know, like knowing that I had to wrestle, had to go to the boxing, all those things that make up and make up a sporting person. But it wasn't really the end game that I was after, Dennis. It was more the journey along the way and what I learned along the way that was so important. And with all the learnings that I had as a player coming through about dealing with team adversity, personal competition, learning about how other people's 
other people perceive their life and their social economic backgrounds, their ethnicity. So as sport, it really brings people together and it really gives you an idea and a, and a viewpoint of where they come from and how you need to integrate. And for the purpose of one, obviously winning games, but more importantly, how do you become a better person through it? Yeah, through wow. that whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I, I mean, this is the ground, the foundation of where I come from to where I'm leading now. Um, you know, I've been through businesses, I've owned construction companies, I've been involved in seafood industries, I've worked as, you know, a labourer, I've been through uh, Sky Sports, commentator, mentor, life coach. The one that really gets me the most through all that is really serving, being a, serve, a serving leader in the community because I believe as a leader, particularly from a servant perspective, is that your leadership is just not in one place. It actually crosses all realms of, of life and community, home. And I believe being a servant leadership is extraordinary because you're shifting outside yourself and you're providing for others. So it's just such a great learning thing. And to be honest, mate, I've been through so many industries and I haven't really touched upon any organization that really has brought such joy and encouragement and uh, purpose. I, I've got to say, I haven't really been in an organization like that yet. Sad. Wow. Yeah, it is sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, so Richie, when you talked about, you know, because, um, you know, a lot of people see somebody on on the field and they see that sporting star and they go like, wow. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it's not just an overnight success. It's it's many years. There's a whole lot of things that you go through to to be that person, become that person. Uh, and you're still developing even though you're out on that field and, and, and actually playing. So what was that journey like for you? as you were going through it and, and you know, share you know, if there's some things you want to share us about what you learned from that. Sure. I think for young kids now, I think if we're looking at people, or if we if we just cross the realm and if we're talking youth, if we're talking people that have got kids into sport or people that are in businesses, what have I learned? And it's such a good good question because I want to be, I want to open the door for all people that are listening around what that actually means. And, I think it's been really purposeful of what you actually want out of it. I've learned so many things along the way. What have I learned? Empathy is one of the, the key things for me. Respect, self-respect and respect for others is critical in my belief. I've always been a believer that I've, it's never been so much about me. It's what the feeling I can get from doing things for other people. It, it gives me great joy that if I can make someone's day by just a little thing, it goes a long way for their day. Just for instance, going to a coffee place in the morning. When someone serves, serves a coffee, I'm going to say, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Now, that small gratitude goes a long way for that person's day. And that's why I talk about the, you know, about servant leadership. And, we've, and I'm sure you've spoken in, through your podcast throughout about commanding leadership, visionary leadership, democratic leadership. But for, for simple things in life, those are the things that really matter the most because I'm in charge of what I can do and make someone's day by the little things in life. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, I think a lot of people try and make it complicated, but I think if it's very simple stuff like that. That's where it has major impact for a lot of people. And, you know, we with our words, our actions as leaders, uh, whether we're out there serving, whatever, it is powerful. Sometimes we, we don't actually realize how powerful it is. And I think for a sporting kind of person who's out there as a role model for a lot of kids, that is really, really important in what we're doing and what we're sharing. And I think, you know, the, the, the three areas that you talked about was empathy, 
the self-respect and respect for others. And then the other one was, it's not about you. It's about mm. how you can help others and serve others. I think that sort of sums it up beautifully. Yeah, I think so. And I think if you're an influencer in your own life, and it's not, I think influencing one yourself, the way you communicate with yourself is so vitally important. I think, I think people are trying to be people that society wants them to be. Mm. So we're, we're looking at certain things now where I'm seeing it so often. Society's pushing people to, to be a CEO of a company and we're associating being a mother, and we've heard it all before, like a mother and a teacher. The two things that I think are the most important things at the moment, parents, and I'll touch on that, parents, teachers, and being a mother is so important. But how often do you hear people say in society, oh, what, what do you do as a living? I'm just a mother. So the language we're using is I'm just yeah. a mother. So how do you think that person experiences in her life and how she communicates to, you know, her siblings and the people around? And I just think it's appalling. And I think society is teaching us and associating certain things that is just uh, ridiculous. And I think we need to change that. And we, we can only change that by the way we verbiage things and we, we communicate with ourselves. So it's only the communication with ourselves that we understand true meaning of how self-respect and the value that you give yourself. That's leadership. That's influencing right there. Yep. So the words that we use with others, but also ourselves in particular, because what's coming out of our mouth is really setting ourselves up, but it's also sending a message, but it also is really sending us a message between our ears, right? It's our mindset and, and setting things up. That's it. It's very, very much a nervous system command, actually, if we look at the conscious and, and subconscious mind. It goes a long way to, you know, the subconscious pretty much govern, governs your mind 95% of the time, 5% is your, your conscious mind. So I think true leadership in, in my mind is really understanding people. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I'm a neurodiverse thinker and I've partnered with neurodiversity. And so like I've, I'm a big follower and I have been a follower of Tony Robbins for a very long time. So I've attended the UPW, which has unleashed the power of them for a long, long time. I'm an NLP practitioner as well. So I'm a neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. So just trying to understand how the mind works. And the reason why I do this, because unless you understand people, it's really difficult for you to, one, build rapport with, to understand why they're coming from that angle. We've seen it before too, Dennis, <laughs> where we're talking about something and they're coming from a different angle. Same this similar thing but quite from a different angle and that's limbic brain stuff you know that's neocortex stuff that you know if they're analytical and you're a bit of a kinesthetic learner sort of we've just got to be mindful where they're coming from and when you accept that and understand where they're coming from then you get it and i think with businesses and in sport if you can understand that a lot better i think we're in a a really good position to understand and work with people and understand how they tick and how they articulate, and if they're analytical, and if they're structured, then you give them structured information. If they're big visionary people, then you don't give them data. And so it's the flight, fight, and, and freeze situation. you just got to understand that, that they operate differently too if they're in the limbic brain sort of situation or their neocortex brain side. So it's, it's fascinating. I love it, and I could continue to learn. 
Yeah, great. Thank you. And hey, listeners, um, I'm here with Richie Barnett. We're talking about leadership is changing, but he's sharing with us about his experiences of what he was on the field and now off the field as a uh, international sports uh, player. Richie, here's a question for you, and that is, who's your favourite leader? Now, that person could be alive or could be from history. Who's your favourite leader and why? Crikey, that is, that's, and we haven't, I haven't even seen these questions either, so it's not premeditated. <laughs> I, I'd have to say Tony Robbins mm. uh, is my absolute influencer. I'll listen to him every day. Why? Because he understands people the most. He's able to turn the dial and there's a hidden force in everybody. We're not attaching it in the right way. We're not influencing people and influencing ourselves because we've got the ability to access that very thing, but we just don't know how to do it, Dennis, you know. But we're learning from paper. We're hearing things, but we're not getting that essence of drive, that emotional drive that's in us that we've all got. We just we just yep. don't know how to access it. And he does it in such a, a fascinating way that it just encourages me. I see him cry a lot of the times. This is a guy that influenced 50 million people. He's mm-hmm. gone to over, you know, 200 million people. He, he, he travels every year trying to influence. He's not a motivator. He's not a motivator. He doesn't like the motivation tag. He understands how that brain works. And that's what yep. I love about him. Love him. Yeah, and I, and I, and I, and I, I love what you're saying about, uh, and I think you just hit the nail on the head whereby he understands people and he knows how to dial in and tune in. So I think, you know, as a leader to influence is also understanding people, but being able to dial in to be with that person and understand what, that what you were saying before about understanding from their perspective as well. That's, that's really good to see. Hey, um, the title of the show is Leadership is Changing. When I say that statement, well, what does that mean for you? I think it's, um, I see it as a visionary statement. It means we have to, I mean, we all have leadership styles that really suit. And I think if you, if you can broaden that range, like for instance, if you're a visionary, like uh, Jobs, he, he thought very uh, big picture stuff, but he wasn't the one that was data driven and structured. He got other people to do that, but he had a vision that was compelling. So you need people like that. For me, Change is understanding the essence of why you're doing it. Why? What are you trying to achieve from being a leader in this current day when things are uncertain? You're trying to influence people in uncertain times when people are stressed, asking for more, when sometimes you're not that person that's delivering it. So when you look at, what is it? So you've got a commanding leadership, which is obviously necessary at times that we need a split decision real quick. I think mm-hmm. we need those style of leaders. I'm more affiliate leader, like affiliate leadership sort of model where I like to bring people together, build trust, a sense of belonging, and use communication to really drive that person to deliver the results. That's my style. And, and what your question is, is that we've got to be diverse in understanding that whole picture because we're not all one. And if we can bring diverse thinkers into it, because I think that's the essence of solving what our current situation is. We need people to be diverse. And if you can bring people in that have a different way of thinking to solve a problem, 
then I think we need to be diverse in the way we think. The brain yeah. operates differently. We need a balanced approach. I mean, heck, Richie, it would be just great for them to think full stop, eh? I mean, that'd be a good start. <laughs> but um, I, I think that you're right. I mean, the diversity side of things, brilliant. So if I take an analogy of a sporting side of things, right, and you've got players who have all got different positions, but if there's a player in there that understands all positions and understands how everyone works and understands everyone's strengths and what they do in their roles, and they can bring that forward to help everyone be the best that they can be, I think that's a, a skill that's very great. And so leadership and leading that change would be fantastic. Yeah, 100%, Dennis. And I think it's it's not only on the field or in workplaces. I think what the method is now is to go deeper than that, go deeper mm. behind who they are and what makes them tick. What is their family problems like? Because that influences the way people operate at, at workplaces and on the field of sport. There's just more behind the iceberg effect, I guess, where, look, we've seen the results, but underlying that, there's a lot of other things that accommodate the pinnacle of that iceberg. And I think if we're savvy enough, if we're smart enough, if we have curiosity around thinking, and that's asking more questions and not being afraid of that, we just did a podcast just recently around psychology, psychological safety, and I think that's very important. Google just did, in 2017, they did... They did a research around 187 companies and the top of the list was psychological safety. And we're delving into that. We had a really good podcast about what that actually means. And if you're safe to question in an environment, and we spoke about, about that before, it's very rare you see that. It's very rare that I, I've seen in meetings in companies that they've actually asked a lot of questions and people actually are privy to open up about how they feel, particularly if you're an extrovert or introvert, you're not going to say much if you're an introvert, but they've actually got so much knowledge sitting there, but the question's never asked about being safe enough to explore that and ask questions. I've never been in a where you've got a meeting and, and they go, well, is there anything that you guys would suggest that we could improve the current situation? I've never been in that environment. It's crazy. But that's a, power, but that's a powerful question, right? And if you give people the space to be able to say that, and yeah. I mean, not just ask the question, but for them to actually respond, just imagine what might come up. And that's the art of uh, questioning. You know, mm. we're, we're, we're asking the wrong questions. Um, or most of the time, you know, sometimes we do the loop questions or we're hypnotized in most cases of asking the same stupid question over and over again and getting the same result. I think we're, we really are hypnotized, I think, to be brutally fair in, in today. You, we've heard it all before. What do you think? Why can't I do this? I'm not sure if I can. So that's a limitation. Yeah. Instead of asking and being curious about opening the door to the mind and going, what else does that mean? How can we change it? You know, there's certain things that we're, we're questioning the same thing often enough, but we're not actually coming up with the right questions to, to get better answers. Our brain's right. like a computer. What you put input in, you'll get out. So, yep. be so that we, we used to talk about this in computer programming days, GIGO, which right. is garbage in, garbage out. So it's the same yeah. thing, you know, depending on what you go into your mind, it will, depends what comes out as well, for sure. So with all this change happening and, and change being constant and, and lots going on, how has your business or industry changed and how's that impacted you? A really good point. So I'm, I'm involved in the media. Quite, quite a bit. So that is cut slashed immediately. So I've moved into life coaching and mentoring, which really gets me going. It's, I'm really passionate about it. So it's really, it's, 
it's made me think and I've had time to actually think because in, in times of such uncertainty, there is, and particularly when you're working your heads down, it's, sometimes it's really good to just take a step back and review what it is, what are the opportunities, because our minds actually set up as a survival mechanism. That's just the way the brain is. And so we always think of what's wrong as opposed to, you know, what can we, what can we do about it? And we've probably seen it a lot lately where we're focusing more on the problem than we are about the opportunity. So it's the 80, 20, uh, 20% rule focused on the solution as opposed to the problem. And that's what I've looked at. And in my situation, I've actually looked at how can I monetize what I know now and connect and build rapport and collaborate with others who are in the same similar situation as I, trying to help others educate, grow, make it more of an impact in the community. And that's by doing one, podcasting like yours, Dennis, you know, getting the message out there, get people understand that what we're doing and, and would you like to be a part of what we're doing? Do you want to know more? The curiosity factor comes into play. And, and I've just linked actually to a, a company over in the US and it's just sort of growing nicely. And I think because it's, we're in the information age, Mm-hmm. No, the world is our oyster. There's seven billion people out there, just like your show. It's just you know, mind blowing. It's just smashed it, and and it's, I think it's fantastic. Leadership's so important. I'm so glad that you've in, in a Kiwi in in New Zealand, you know, doing so well in, in terms of leadership, understanding leadership, and getting people to tell their story. There's nothing more powerful than that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, cool. uh, very good. And I, I, I love what you say in the round about, you know, just that stepping back and actually thinking about things and, you know, reflecting or reviewing where things are at, um, as you say, because, you know, a lot of us, as I say before, well, I, I so Richie, I keep hearing from managers, you know, I, I'm a manager and I'm just too busy. I've, I run from email to email, meeting to meeting. And, and I'm like, yeah, the reason you're running like that is because you're not taking time out to, to think. You're not taking time out to think about those questions you might want to ask. And if you did, you might see some different results. So interesting how you've talked about things are impacted in the media side of things. And now you've had to adapt into other areas as well. And taking those skill sets, those experiences, those war stories, if I can call them that way, to go and help others and impact others. And I think, you know, a lot of what you've been sharing here, Richie, is about people's uh, people's purpose in life and helping mm. communities and, and doing that side of things. That's um, really good to hear. But you know what, Dennis, like, so the stats in America is 20, 50% of the nation are not happy at work. 25 are really in a bad space. So what that's suggesting to me is that people have just either just got into jobs they're not expecting to they really haven't been driven by the purpose and the why mm-hmm. of what they want to do it just basically they left it and they've left it for the environment to dictate where they want to go and recently and i had that same affiliation or that same discussion in my head about i don't want to be in environments where i'm not enthused and inspired by or else i'm just be like everybody else and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that I want, I want to go into an environment and be inspired and inspire others to, to look at what their purpose is and, and their why and see if they can live the life that they want, that they rightly should be. You know, there, there is so much good stuff around. There's so many good people out there, but they're just working every day and they're not influenced. They're not happy. 
Yeah. So, and I've got to take my hat off to you because I, I, I watch you, um, you know, even as we were growing up, uh, watching you out on the field, but then even watching you now in the community as well. And, and Richie, you are somebody who is actually out there showing up and being that person that you want to be as a leader, where it's so important because people are watching you all the time. And so, you know, if you've got to be out there doing something that you do love, you've got to be out there doing something that is going to actually be you. Because if, if you're not, then you're going to be a grumpy guy. No one wants to be around a grumpy person. Uh, people, you're going to, as you use the word, inspire. If you're going to inspire people, then you need to be doing the stuff that you're really passionate about. You're out there, you're loving it. Because that's where, and I'm going to, I'm going to use this word, that's well, words. That's where the magic happens. Yes. That's the magic, I think. And and, and if you're clearly work-driven, you got, you're going to impact your family at some point, right? The harsh reality mm -hmm. of our life cycle is that we've got family finance, uh, emotional intelligence, we've got community, religion. And at some point, if you look at that scale, and if we, I do the, the, you know, the cycle of zero to 10, and if you sort of zero to 10, and how does that look? And if it's, your wheel is wobbling around, then you've got to really start to have a look at it and see what areas you really need to concentrate on. And I think most people are going to suffer whether it's the health, well-being, or finance. Those are the three things that really impact us. And I don't think we're finding the balance. But clearly no. we don't. Because I'm looking at society today. I'm looking at kids coming through. I'm looking at parents who, one, they give their kids everything. Secondly, kids who don't give everything and there is still the same issue of who am I, what am I missing out of, what what I haven't got, what I can't, what what I'm not able to get, and so that from looking at that perspective, people get disappointed. Social media has been massive; they haven't been able to build resilience because the parents give them everything, or they haven't got anything, which means they've uh, get a belief system, particularly from the formative years, and and people have just got to step up as parents. We've got to step up because those formative years are the most important years of an individual's life. That's where they create the belief system, their value-based system. That is it in essence. That's the groundwork. And they come in at the age of the social uh, years and they're holding something, a blockers in them, and they don't realize what they're saying or doing or reacting because that's a subconscious thinking pattern. And yep. they don't know they're doing it. And no. it's all being created from that zero to eight. Wow. Listeners, I'm here with Richie Barnett, and we're having a great conversation here today around leadership is changing, and Richie's just been sharing us with uh, those words, Richie, who am I? Uh, where mm -hmm. people, kids in particular, uh, parents are needing to help these kids around, who am I, and understanding that. And how, I mean, who am I? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people. I mean, I, I just meet leaders around the world who don't know who they are. They don't know themselves. And it's really interesting to see what happens and where they go with that. So, who am I in those words, Richie? How, how important is it today? And I think you've touched on it a bit about the kids, but what about the parents? What about them? You know, how important is it for them to understand who they are? It's very important. And I'll touch upon one, Dennis, when you go identity. We attach our identity to our job. Mm. We attach our identity to uh, our role. And so what actually happens is, for instance, if a CEO loses his job, you strip strip it right back. What? Who is he? He's the same person. He just hasn't got the title. So, and it comes down to the values of the person, how how they attach the meaning to losing a job, what that actually means. But strip it all back. Who are you? You're not the CEO. 
Your identity is not with a CEO. As a sporting person, which we have issues with at the moment, is that you become a league person and you associate yourself as a sporting person connected to that role. Mm. Strip it all back, who are you? I'm a person that is driven. I'm a person that cares. I'm a person that has empathy. I'm a person that uh, influences other people. So I've got all those skills and value still. It hasn't changed. It just means I lose the title and the connection or the association with that role. Yep. And I think you get that with um, mothers at the moment, actually, because I've seen it in a company that I'm working with, is that when they lose their kids and they some just a mother, and then the kids leave the nest, and then they go, who am I? So, you know, And that's when they get disappointment and frustration, and they feel empty, the empty mm-hmm. nest I'm suggesting. And so it's really interesting that we the identity crisis is so really, really important. I'm glad you picked it up. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, good Good to hear um, because yeah, the identity side of things is really important. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I've never had a leader that I've gone, oh, yeah, that was my manager. I always remember how they treated me and I always remember how they treated my peers and customers and and and, and the kind of person they were. That's what I remember. I don't remember that they had a title. Big deal. I mean, it was more about that feeling of how I felt and the way that they treated me. There you go. People are attached by emotion. Emotion keeps that live for for years. The feeling in mm. our subconscious, it just draws it back. And I remember that guy who who said something to me one year, and and it's it stayed with me for the rest of my life. And if people can get that, how important it is to make people feel feel the way they should, and and, and it goes a long way. I've never, yeah. I, I do remember times when someone actually in life where someone has said something bad and we attach emotion to it and that stays in our past for a very long time we're not able to eradicate it or eliminate it. I feel that's happening a lot with the people I work with and businesses as well where the underlying issues is really affecting the way they're performing. For instance, a lack of confidence is real. In companies I've worked with, they just they just lack the confidence and it's right. stemmed from past experiences. Yep, yep, so, yep. You know, there's, there's oh. so many things that we can delve into that from a performance and a leadership perspective is that when you understand people are doing stuff, they're doing it for a good cause. It's just that they're going through some difficult times that they can't deal with. And if you recognize that, because we're not our actions, we actually, there is a lot happening behind it that are nurse. And we, we splat out at, at times and we get angry, we get frustrated, we say things we shouldn't because we're not able to deal what's actually inside, internal yep. representation of what we're going through. Yeah, we lose control for sure. If there was one thing you could change in business as a leader today, what, what would that be? Depending what, that's a really good question. It, it seems one, oh, that is such a good question. I'm sure there's lots, but you know, what, yeah, what's there, there is a ton. I think I would like to say being proactive and not reactive to situations. And proactive will mean that you look at it quite a different way with curiosity um, and vision as opposed to reacting to situations because as soon as you react to things, it's not a good thing. Proactiveness means you're really aware of what's happening in the marketplace or you're looking a little bit further. You're looking at your team and getting information from them and not just being that leader where you think you know everything, but getting people to have their ideas and built together and, and driving forward 
and yeah. you know, and, and, and not being afraid of fear, uh, fear of failure, the fear of mistakes, and I think that's real common in today's market where people are really fearful because mm. of uncertain circumstances. Because fear is really the enabler of a lot of things. It curbs right. a lot of people to grow and say things they should, but they can't. To do things that they want to do, but they're, they're frightened to do it. Yep. Fear is the killer. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Very good. So fear is a killer for a lot of people. And so a lot of people do let that get in their way for sure. And I think that, you know, being proactive versus reactive, and I, and I noticed that in a lot of sporting teams, high-performing sporting teams nowadays, when another team scores against them, they're getting into a huddle behind the goalpost, waiting for the other team to kick that uh, conversion, if we, that's the way we call it in some of the sporting things that we watch. And, you know, they're out there now taking two major uh, belly breaths, as I call them, and that's yeah. to sort of slow things down a bit get them a little bit more control rather than being more proactive rather than reactive because if they go out back out again being reactive that's when the other team will score another try and then another try and then they wonder what the heck happened in the last five minutes so this yeah. is a this is a big thing for them as well so hey that's cool hey um if you're talking out there in the marketplace to employees how how employees expectations of leaders changed you know what are they looking for from a leader i i've got to be really honest with with you in terms of recruiting, I think we're getting into a real disappointing situation in my belief, is that we're looking at the credentials of people, but we're not really understanding what's underneath that person, the drivers that really drive people. Because we've seen, I've seen it, where people have such an awesome resume and it's easy to write things down it's, and it's easy in this day and age where you'll just go through life and work and you'll write up a beautiful CV, you'll get there and you'll just go through life and it becomes the norm and it's, it's you know, it's just a load of really <laughs> rubbish actually. The recruitment phase, and I go back to neurodiversity, is when you actually dig deep in how that brain works and why they do the things they do, there's, there's more emotional attachment and drive um, than just the CV. We've just mm. got to be really mindful um, of that. And I'm sure you've been through it. I've been through many, many places and environments where it's just wrong on all levels. Yep. Wrong. Middle management, terrible. The leadership's okay. Board sort of, board level, yes. But then there's leadership right across the board and middle management, executive management. And it's um, it's appalling. Yeah. And so those... Yeah, and I think those employees, as you say, you know, they've got those emotional drivers for them. And so are they being unearthed, if I can put it that way, and what are leaders actually doing? So I think a lot of employees are looking for a leader that is really good at what they do, but also can help their emotional drivers come out to help mm. those employees move forward, which I think is really important. And it's, it's specific around the questions they ask. You know, I think, and I yeah. mentioned it before, I think we lack the quality of questions because we'll just read off a template that was sent in the recruitment or, and, oh, that'll do, these are questions related to the job, instead of going, actually, tell me something. How important is your family? And tell me mm -hmm. a bit about your family. What makes you tick? You know, simple as simple as that. And then you open a whole conversation around, around value-based stuff it just opens the door about, well, you know, my, my family means everything and I've got um, a desire to help them grow as an individual. And if you're not hearing that sort of stuff, then you think, hmm, interesting. Yep. So those are yep. sort of, you know, those questionings around that is more important. If you really dig deep enough, you'll find your answers. 
yep. not the job title, that'll come. Dig deep enough. Yep. Dig deep so enough. Ask appropriate questions on what really drives and influences and what emotions do these individuals have that become the driver. You know, we're, we're talking fear, confidence levels. What adversity have, have there been? How did you get out of it? Mm. You know, give me some information around that. And boy, I think you might find that this person has got actually a lot to give, more than what you think. But I think those yep. types of people are pushed out. If we look at ADHD, ADD, those types of people, right, not people, said it in the wrong way, but they've got so much skill. If they were given a certain task, they will nail it because yep. when they're so focused and they're given a structure or a topic that they feel that they can solve, depending where they're coming from, oh, they'll, they'll get it like that. They yep. will master it so quickly. And that's where I think we're missing the boat. The skill set that people are missing in neurodiverse thinking that could really solve problems. And that's the balance, I think, from a leadership perspective that we're really missing. Nice. Very good. Hey, Richie, here's a question, which is, what makes a leader successful today in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? What's one or two things that makes them successful? Asking, being, allowing that environment for their leaders and workers to be open to have conversations and not being frightened by it. Wow. Because unless he, unless you can open that door and that psychological safety stuff, unless you can really truly say that you've got an open window where people are safe to say what, how they want to say it, when they want to say it, and it may be stupid at the time, but we cannot humiliate people by asking a question and voicing their own opinion because that's the only way it's going to grow or else it's just going to be status quo. Awesome. Allow people, open the door or the window and allow them to have the an environment where they can actually say things and have that conversation with them that they feel safe, but also that they feel like they're contributing. So if you as a leader can do that, create that environment, it'd be really amazing to see. And so, Richard, I'm going to ask you this question now, and it's sort of going to maybe stretch you a little bit because it's about getting a crystal ball out and start thinking about leadership in the next five years. Where do you see leadership going in the next five years? I'm hoping that leadership, if it's worked in the right way, is that we've got to actually balance out our leadership qualities right across the board, I think, because nice. we're, we're moving in a world where things are changing real quick. If we're not visionary, we're going to miss the boat. We have to have a commanding leadership, an authoritative leadership. I get all that. A coaching leadership, a democratic leadership, a servant leadership. If we can combine all those together... I think we're really in a good space to really grow and being, I guess, not reactive, but proactive in, in the space and the world that we live in. If we don't, I think what we're going to see is businesses are going to fail because we're not innovating enough in a market which is changing dramatically and so quickly. You know, if we look at podcasting, you know, we're looking at now, look at TV and media right now. It's changing real quick. Mm -hmm. Shows like podcasting are massive. Information age, it is the, the biggest education is huge right now. Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, killing it. You know, it's a 350 million, billion, million 
a Brilliant. day. Brilliant. Unbelievable. So if you look the whole industry is going to go to three hundred fifty billion dollars is what they're talking about, and that's, that's huge. Crazy. Yeah, massive, massive. So don't miss so the boat. Don't miss the boat. Nice. Don't miss. The, I love that. Don't miss the boat because from a visionary, innovative side of things, don't miss the boat. Wow. Because Rich is just talking about the leadership qualities right across the board need to be looked at, being visionary, but it's more about being innovative. And he's saying, don't miss the boat. So, mm. listeners, it's been awesome to have uh, Richie Barnett on the call today. So, Richie, thank you for joining. If, if people, if our listeners are wanting to try and get hold of you, where, where do they go to? It's www.richiebarnett.co.nz. That's my website. And yeah, so jump on and I'll reply to whatever it is. I'm helping heaps of people in different different realms, mate. I've had chronic fatigue. I'm a social responsive person, um, leadership, everything. I, you know, maybe I'm I'm widening that gap too far, and I need to zone in. No, it's great. You're doing wonderful stuff, and thank you for being on the show. So, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, uh, look out for the episodes as they're being published and released. Uh, Download them, subscribe, uh, have a listen, put a review and a rating. In fact, share it with your network as well and your friends. If there's feedback you'd like to give me on the show, please feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. That'll be in the show notes as well. And I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Feel free also to send me a question because I do an episode once a week called Ask Dennis. And this is where you can ask me a question around leadership is changing or change or leadership. And um, so I'll I'll do that. And uh, we released the first episode um, uh, around that. So, yeah, love to hear from you. So, listeners, thanks for joining. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.